I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Uh, it's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Sandra Singh Lowe. Did you know my show was called Get the Funk Out? I hope you did. I did know, and I think it's a fantastic title, and ever more resonant now, I would yeah. say. Never. It's a timeless. It's an evergreen. Isn't it? We, we were just talking um, when I noticed that we weren't recording, um, how... Um, Back in March, you were teaching at UCI. Yeah, I was teaching. Uh, the day our final was the Thursday, March 12th, before Friday, March 13th. And I remember driving and like going, there was even a moment of like driving and going, and I don't even have to go today because I could be careful and stay home. But yes. the class was still pretty packed the sure. day of, but some of like, so I think that was very much a time where first in the moment weren't totally taking it seriously because it hadn't hit in yet right and then I think the, when going to the grocery store the next day and seeing how packed it was and the yeah. half people were panicking so slowly that came down of that adrenaline pumping panic then came the boredom then came the hope that maybe we'd made it through then came the protests across the nation and then more lockdowns because people were opening but like so it has been really an emotional roller coaster to figure out who, who we are and and uh, you know and certainly there's you know, that whole chant, I would say, like among kind of people like me who can work at home, who mm -hmm. are writers to say, we are so lucky. We're not essential workers. Yes. We're, we're to keep saying we're so lucky, but because we're in this human lab rat experiment where for a while we couldn't go to the park or kind of anything. exercise or do anything or go to trails people slowly started to go nuts because we couldn't get outside. Right. So we're so lucky. Why am I lucky again? I don't remember. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Such a, you okay. know, what's crazy. It's like when I was little and someone, my mom would say, stop eating so much chocolate and then right. you want more, you know? And so if someone says you can't go to the gym, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, or just anything. When you're told you can't do something, you just appreciate or want something more. Oh, totally, totally. And so, and then I have a, a, a book that came out, of course, during the pandemic. And I think in March for me, it was that, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts of surely by, I was feeling sorry for people who had books coming out in March or in April or in May, because I'm going right. surely by June 2nd. And it, <laughs> it's like, so my book ended up coming out on Blackout Tuesday. And of course, it's a humor book of like, and so we kind of, you know, postponed the, the big publication event for that day, right. you know, respect of the moment, uh, you know, but it's been such a, such a topsy-turvy journey of kind of like going, can we even dare laugh when we should be talking about other things? Mm -hmm. I think in the end I found in my journey, and then I started doing these COVID-safe curbside pickups out of my garage. I saw that. And it's been really, I don't know, it's not let me know. Um, okay. it, it's, it's turned out to be totally fun and great. I mean, we wear masks and are socially distanced and hand sanitized. I went to people and got these kind of takeout bags so people can have the I The plus side of this is there's a lot of, since you can't do business as usual, um, you kind of do business in an old fashioned way. It kind yes. of, I began as a performance artist. 
So it takes you back to your performance art roots of, well, we can't be in a bookstore, so why not out of my garage? And I have old swag from old shows and old books. So somebody goes, Perfect. well, my 20-year-old daughter has never read your stuff. I go, here, here's Jeff Takes a Holiday. Like, take it. <laughs> like, it's like, and it's like having a garage sale of old, you know, old stuff. Well, take it and have this. Oh, and so, so and, and that sort of connection of being able to visit with people has been really, I mean, nice. And we don't know what's coming next. I mean, You're right. I You're right. And people really have to be their authentic selves because this is all we can be, you know? Right. And, and, and I think that even the conversations at the beginning of lockdown, I would have many more longer conversations with people who I haven't spoken to in a while. I'm sorry that my computer is doing that. I okay. don't turn that off. Um, of just having, since everybody, everything was canceled. So it's, it's not like, how's your concert tour going? Canceled. How's your book tour? Canceled. How's your, like everything and people were staying home. It would be like, how's your garden? Not doing very well. I'm not yeah. It's weeds. <laughs> it's weeds. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, that part I found, and I was like, I had a, like a virtual book group last night. They're going, you know what? We were running sort of on empty and doing things without questioning them anyway. Right. So yeah. we were set for uh, hitting the reset button as people yeah. would say. And so to a certain extent, I think that's happening. I think so. I feel like we were go, go, go. And we weren't dialing into what really matters. Right. Which is like our own self-care and maybe the people we live with or our kids or our dog or the weeds yeah. in the garden or anything. And it was just, I have to be on and I have to look a certain way or talk a certain way and do this and that. Yeah. 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 And connecting to our friends and families. And I have two kids, 18 and 19, and they're both at UCs. They'll both be big air quotes attending yeah. the, the, the fall, however that's going to look. Yeah. And I know UC Irvine is just, just figuring out what that's, but it's going to be another experiment. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, your book, uh, Mad Woman and the Roomba, is that yes. what it's called? Congratulations. Yeah. Um, at what point did you start that series, Mad Woman? It began with the Volvo? Yeah. So I think the Mad Woman, the Volvo came out, I want to say five or six years ago. seems like a long time. This book was supposed to be out sooner, but the 2016 election happened in the middle of it. Oh. And I was both thrown for a loop being a, you know, I'm 58, so I was born in 62, kind of a late boomer, old Gen Xer or whatever. I just... Yes, I thought this would be the culmination of 50 years of feminism. And, and so I just couldn't think about that. This book was supposed to be kind of a collection, and I believe it is, of humorous pieces of just, just the art of laughter and looking at our lives. And that's a, that's, you know, that's, that's a basic idea of it. So the first book had been The Mad Woman and the Volvo. It was a takeoff, of course, The Mad Woman in the Attic. Um, and so my editor said, you know, this is the series, it's Mad Woman, it's Mad Woman. It's a, so we were trying to figure out which this one, the Mad Woman, the Volvo was about having, getting into paramenopause, menopause and having like your whole psyche breakdown in the middle of life. But this was more being of an in-between generation of the, like I gave birth relatively late so that my kids are, are kind of uh like uh, they're teens at a time when i'm menopausal mm -hmm. my dad actually finally died at 97 but you're dealing with an elderly um person and, and i think actually a, a through line in it is trying to get kids into college which mm -hmm. seems so fraught and i think it really shouldn't be but it has been right yeah i know it feels like a lot was thrown at you all at once it's, it's like all this stuff that you had to deal with 
Yeah, and I think, um, and there, there is, and especially I think that the question about education, and I'd like to say, and there's uh, Asian-Americanness and immigrants is kind of in the book that my father was a first generation Chinese immigrant, so it was engineering, engineering, engineering. I was second generation, half Chinese, so it's kind of physics, or should I go into the liberal arts? And I end mm -hmm. up, as I say, going to the liberal arts, which to a Chinese father is like pole dancing. But right. <laughs> and, then, and then my kids are one quarter Asian. So my daughter Madeline is blonde with green eyes and yellow eyeshadow and a little bit of almost red hair, but the, the eyes are a little almond shaped. So you go, what? They're very, very biracial. Mm -hmm. and, but, and how they think about, you know, um, what they want to do and of course she's studying art what could go wrong but and her grandfather would be shocked his right. chinese shanghainese engineer would be shocked to see so i think there's kind of that journey in the book as well of how we think about um you know um academic uh ambition and all of that kind yes. of stuff it's an interesting but journey. it's nice she's following her path as opposed to you must do this yeah, and, and I was really happy in my first um, five or six years that I did teach at UC Irvine as an adjunct professor that I got to be in two departments, both in art and in science. And so, and I remember I gave a graduation speech at UC Irvine. I thought I was giving it to the science school only, but then the dean of the art school at the time in the cap and gown you know, region said, and thanks for speaking to the art school. So about 40 minutes before giving my speech in this arena, I realized I was giving two schools at once. <laughs> but luckily the art people are kind of forgiving. So I improv that part of it. It's like, well, and I plan for this and the other. But I think that sort of, uh, you know, the, the two um, disciplines working together can be really great. So I'm, I'm yeah. for all the blending. I, me too, me too. Um, what point did you decide, you know, you had this sense of humor that you, uh, wanted to go into comedy, study comedy and drama? Well, I think it's something that I didn't really uh, choose. I think that I was in writing groups and, and, and it's kind of like I would try to write more serious things um, or more important things, you know. Uh, but what kind of stuck out was uh, writing in first person, which is not necessarily always... Um, uh, advocated in fiction writing where I, in first person and there would be some self-deprecating turn which turned out to be comedic. Mm -hmm. So it sort of found me a little bit and I began as a composer and then I tried to uh, play my piano pieces at clubs but they were sort of neoclassical and nobody would understand like like what's that piece about or yeah. the title would be opaque. So I'd start explaining what the piece was supposed to be saying and I guess in the monologues for the piano those where people found those funny. And so eventually I started doing all monologue and less and less piano, which is a lot easier regardless because then you don't have to practice as much. So it just kind of found me in a very disorganized fashion. I think there was no, when I, there's no career ladder. You yeah. just keep, you know, trying. And we used to have alternative weeklies like the LA Weekly, which we still have, but it was about five times as thick. And in the back would be scores of these open mics that you would just like go to and try, but they weren't always comedy open mics, they could be art, poetry, okay. anything like that. So mm -hmm. um, we, I think we're just kind of figuring out as you go along, there wasn't really any path. Don't you find that having a sense of humor and being a writer saves you at times? Like you, you just get this stuff out and you're just sharing yourself. I mean, it's, it's obviously you're being brave, but you really struck a chord when you started talking about menopause. Yeah, I, I think that's so. 
and there's so many, obviously there's so many things going on in the world that are so serious and they should be discussed in a serious way. Um, right. But I think being able to laugh, I, I think especially right now, because the media, there's a lot of satiric political humor mm -hmm. um, that's, that's totally, you know, needed and valid, but just looking at our own personal li daily lives and what we go through, there's a huge, um, there's a huge landscape there of, of just like even going to the farmer's market and trying to buy basil and you yeah. can't on season, you end up getting kohlrabi that you don't like or sorrel right. and you don't know what to do with and feeling guilty about it. And then having it seem like there's so many, I think that because of the way the uh, culture has changed really quickly and technology has changed really quickly. And I'll look at my phone, I go, well, why is this chiming on my phone? What is this app? Well, like, it's kind of like, it's changing so quickly, we often don't even know what we're, we're dealing with. And that's definitely yeah. a time. I mean, it's, it's for everyone. It's not just for women of a certain age. Sure, sure. Uh, but it's everyone. I can give you an example that I have been applying to like part-time freelance stuff online. Right. And now, you know, you fill out an app, they get back to you. Oh, we're, we're really interested in you. Um, can you send us a video? And you do like a one minute and they ask you some obscure question. And it feels like an audition. And I've taken oh. acting class, but it feels like you're auditioning, you know? And then you don't hear back or you do hear back. And then they're like, can you teach blah, blah, blah. And they, and they give you these fancy titles for the position, but they want to pay you 20 bucks an hour. And I'm thinking, really? <laughs> yeah, no, it, no, it, it's, it's crazy. And I think, you know, it, I grew up uh, when I, you know, it's kind of like I, I started on radio and KCRW before there was a This American Life mm -hmm. when Ira Glass was still doing your radio playhouse, the show that would eventually trans form into that. Yeah. So I would write a bit for Buzz Magazine, which was a city magazine, which is long gone. I do a, a version of that commentary on KCRW. We would rotate through. Some of those would become This American Life pieces. My first This American Life piece actually was a piano log. It was oh. about these dogs escaping from, it's, it's on the archive from Canoga Park of all places. So I think there was a more seamless going back and forth between these things. And certainly occasionally there was a 25 year old novelist who would make a million dollars, but it was sort of a little bit more of an apprenticeship thing that you, you knew that you would have to send out 60 verses of a story to get there, et cetera, et cetera. And then you'd be paid eventually for some. So I think that as you're talking about, it's kind of like, what are these kind of fancy um, job titles and the money. And I sort of think about my kids who, especially one who is to be an artist and it's kind of like, there's so much free stuff on the internet right. of how they can monetize their work. But it's also kind of fantastic also. I mean, she sold stuff off of Instagram, her Instagram account. So I, I think that it's, it's neither bad nor good. I'm not kind of a, but, but there's a lot of curious stuff we're going through right now. Sure is. Out is, is just nutty. Right. Yeah. And part of your journey is, is part of that also. And I certainly, at my age, I can kind of hit the wall where like, I'm relatively, I, I think I'm terrible at social media, but I'm so much better than most of my friends. <laughs> and it was my kids who got me on Instagram for something called Inktober, where you draw something and you upload it every day and you put it on your Instagram. Oh, funny. So, yeah, my kids got me on my Instagram account. I have like 500 people. I have like the smallest Instagram account like in the world, but my kids are saying, and, and that's fine for you, mom, because you're not of that generation where you're going to have 20 million. It's just a whole other thing. 
uh, the, I post, but yeah. I thought Instagram was so, so positive compared to Twitter. It was right. really fun and Twitter can be really fighty and stuff like that. And so yeah. I posted on my Facebook account, Hey, uh, old, why don't we get on Instagram? I was getting messages of how do I get on Instagram? What is the button where I go? Come on, you guys. Oh, like, no. <laughs> at least try at least. Exactly. Try. So, but well, at, least, a, at least you don't get like stalker people like, Hey, I'm Sven from wherever, you know, I Creepy. think I get some of those, but I'm not good enough at it. And my eyesight is too poor to, and I go, I don't know what that is. And I think on Facebook, you know, a lot, yeah, it's kind of like, I just, yeah, I just don't. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not famous enough that I really have right. that at this point. Did they get you on TikTok? Did your kids no. do anything? No, not TikTok yet, huh? No, no, that's a bridge too. I, I never got Vine or all that kind of stuff. That's just, yeah. and Snapchat where I go, the story goes away. Right. <laughs> Forget it. I won't even get to it. No so. way. No yeah. way. No. What advice would you give people right now that are writers or actors and they're in a funk? In a funk to get, to, to get out the funk. Get, get out, out of that funk. funk. Get out of the funk. <clears throat> Well, I think that it's always been true <coughs> for artists, if they're writers, actors, or whatever, to have a tribe of like-minded supporters that they get themselves through thick and thin. And I certainly did that. I, I graduated from U, USC. Well, I, I, fit, I spent six years in grad school at USC, and I'm not really sure which degrees I entirely finished. But we were writers, and that was really low. At that time, we were short story writers, and you'd send out by snail mail, you'd have these vanilla envelopes, not manila, yes, those, those, those things. Clasp, yeah. yellow clasp envelopes. And you'd have to mail it to the Atlantic or the New Yorker, and then include the self-addressed stand envelope so they could mail your story back to you with the form rejection note. And that process was so slow and terrible mm -hmm. that everyone knew that. So there'd be a couple of us and we would just support each other. Or sometimes if one was too nervous to make their own phone call to an agency, it's hard to make a phone call on your own behalf. To a literary agency but it's easy to do it for a friend ah. say, oh you must know you must know that janine is brilliant she's just come as such a buzz but I like so so in a way to get a tribe of people that you share the same idols in a way of what you want something to be like and then support each other and read each other's work or look at each other's work and give and, and also in, in writers groups, for instance, we would have, we'd be able to ask for what feedback, what kind of feedback we wanted. And That's so good. if you're just working on a first draft and it's really terrible, then you just go, I need you to say as many positive things. I do not want anything with exactly. the truth. If yeah. you like the font, tell me how much you might <laughs> like it. Because that's all I can get to. This get is to nice paper. Point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, it smells good. Like I like right. that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and... <clears throat> But that's the kind of support that you need. Yeah. You know, I think right now, because you, know, you can post something on Facebook and have people, your friends like it or not, but that's not really the same as get as working on your craft and improving it. Yes. Yeah. So, and I think there is to, to find safe space, a safe space center, to, to actually work on your craft and improve your craft so that, and I, I found that, and I, you know, I'm the host of the Lowdown on Science, a science minute that um, is written by a group we call the Hive out of UC Irvine grad division. And just that structure, it's a 90 second uh, science factoid per day. And we're now on Google News. So it's got, it's actually got 
like a hundred thousand downloads a month. It's, it's That's really, amazing. Yeah. It's yes. It's the SCPR. <clears throat> and we just started doing the Google news in May, but it's partly this structure is really where we teach. It's kind of like, so this is radio. People are on their cars and it's super short. So they, so, so that like, what's the cliffhanger right. so that you have to ask the question, the opening question is what's the cliffhanger so they don't dial away. So they, so I think a lot of those craft things are in there and they're still good things to, to teach and learn for everybody's craft. Definitely. So I think, I, th I think that in support of you know, just to find your support squad. Otherwise it's too lonely. Oh, absolutely. And you just did something, I think it was in June on, I, it was featured in Lit Up. Yes. Yeah, so Lit Up is a, and that was also started in the midst of the pandemic. So it's a weekly writers, one hour Zoom writer series produced by the Southern California News Group, which is like 11 newspapers, like the Orange County Register and the Daily News and the Star News. And it's about like 1.5 million readers, with the combination of these 11 newspapers. So because there were so many, you know, uh, literary festivals, like the LA Times Festival in Pasadena and it's like in Orange County that were, right. had been like uh kind of axed that it's so i hosted it's like an hour-long thing every friday and it continues every friday i think through the beginning of august and people can sign up for free um and you know there's a link there it's through the southern california news group and it's called lit and then up oh, so i didn't realize it was every friday yeah so and i think this week we're yes yeah, so yes it's we're entering the fourth week i think it is Whew, it's gone the summer has been so weird. And so, so it's weird. an opportunity for writers. And I think we've had a focus that even though, first we had T.C. Boyle and we've had Obama inaugural poet, Richard Blanco, and we have Michael Connolly, who's coming on, on online, you know, who's the kind of such a huge bestseller and, um, and you know, f female writers, writers of color, every, every, you know, it, it's, um, we, we've had such an interesting uh, continuing journey on it. Um, and, and I think the path and Charlene Woodard, who's in Pose and does amazing monologue, has done amazing theatrical monologues. Um, and so, and Louis Alfaro was coming. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think that we, what we ended up looking at is just the writer's process. It's kind of, that's, that's sort of this interesting place of where we've come to, because it's so easy to look at anything from a political standpoint right. of, of just decoding the politics of stuff. But yeah. since these are the actual writers, we get to ask them about their writing process. Um, and that, and I think people have really responded to, the, to that. They find that interesting. It is you interesting, know. yeah. I actually wrote something, I started it in a notebook. Um, I think it was, I st first started 2012. And, uh, and then my dad was sick, passed away in 2015. And I, it just gave me the urgency to get going. And then I would write at the library for hours. Um, so my question is, how do people get involved in other panels of writers or how do you-, you need to find like-minded writers to... Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, it used to be, and I don't know what it's like now, but something like, you know, there would be, as opposed to signing up for a very expensive MFA program that mm -hmm. costs tens of thousands of dollars. For instance, UCLA has had UCLA extension where it's all at in COVID times. It's like it hasn't thoroughly yeah. tracked, but sometimes even an extension, an affordable extension class through a community college or any, anything that is, is accessible is a place to start. And I, I think I taught, I, I took a UCLA extension, a couple of them, and I met people through there 
the te hopefully you'll get with a teacher and there's many excellent teachers on many levels uh, they don't have to be kind of the most remote right. highest paid person yeah. they can, there's so much um writing teaching talent and then you kind of can sometimes vibe with people in the class where you know these are the people i can't stand and then the, these are people who consistently say something interesting Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that I think that they, they're good readers and I would like to have them read my stuff. And I think that the way people, if you in workshops should critique in terms of what is this writer's goal and then how can we help him, her, or they get yeah. to whatever goal they're getting to literary and, and do it on those insights as opposed to going romance is stupid or mystery right. is stupid or whatever to right. help them. So I think yeah. you kind of meet them along the way. I mean, I've certainly seen groups on Facebook of sort of writers groups, but sometimes they are more kind of how to get forward in the business. And I think that can be useful, but I think the thing of working on craft and having a place to do it and, and having the time, setting aside the time and knowing that it takes time. Yes. And, and, and that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. And now's the perfect time for people to connect with other writers through Zoom and you know, meet people. And we, we're social creatures. We do need people, even though some people are introverted at times. I know I am, but we do need that connection. Yeah. And I think that Zoom, especially for writers, it's kind of like, and you can put a document up and look at it and, and like, oh, this paragraph is kind of long. It's like, so if you want to get to that craft level, but I did take many workshops. I studied with John Retchie, who is still, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's teaching anymore, but there were workshops and there's some very good writers who teach sometimes their private workshops with just a group of four or eight. So those are mm, around, I guess it would be interesting to get a list of those because some, you can get really great writing training sure. individually. Yeah. And where can people find out more about you? Uh, they can go to my website. It's at sandratsinglow.com. S-A-N-D-R-A-T as in Tom, S as in Sam, I-N-G as in green, L-O-H as in herald.com fantastic and i also have a facebook page i think it's public but i have yeah but most of the websites probably better okay sounds good thank you so much i really enjoyed chatting with you my pleasure janine and get the and the funk thank you for <laughs> for the funk you're welcome